Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones, and this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. Wow, you sound so much better now. Did you decide to speak into the mic? I did. Nice. You got a deep I voice this morning. Close. I like to be close to you when we do this. I'm uncomfortable with that. <laughs> that was my intention. <laughs> I'm completely uncomfortable. Mamma mia, that's a spicy meatball. How to make Pete uncomfortable. It's really easy. You know, to it, say inappropriate things that sound like you're very intimate with him. And be a dude. Yeah, absolutely. So, hey, Pete, what are we doing today? What are we talking about? <laughs> I love it. You're asking me what we're talking about. Well, um, you know, interesting you should bring that up. Uh, we've got a sound I, I like clip. your tone of voice, by the way, because your tone of voice, it suddenly you sounded like you were sitting in a library with a pipe and a fez cap. Well, Ooh, a fez cap. You know, I like that. Keep that tone. People I'm need to wear more fez caps. I, I, dude, I've, I've been saying that for years, but I like that collegiate tone. Go with that. I don't. Where do you even get a fez cap, man? I don't know. I don't know, but wouldn't that be cool if, like... You don't have cable, so you've probably never seen The Deadliest Catch, have you? No. Do you know what it's about? Oh, wait, is that the boat one where they're, like, catching crab and stuff? Yeah, they're catching crab. That show's awesome. But you've, have you seen it? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's probably on Netflix. I, I got Netflix. Yeah, It's yeah. on there. So, um, Jamie and I love that show, and we watch it every week. It's kind of funny because her best friend <laughs> hates the show, and her best friend's, like... It's the same show every week. <laughs> They're out on a boat catching crab. How, how much different can it be? But it's a great show. So yeah, we're, that's what Andrew said about Twenty Four. Same thing. Oh, let me get. I go. Oh, I'm I'm watching the series without you. Is that cool? She's like, Oh, let me guess. Um, there's a terrorist plot. It's gonna blow up the world. <laughs> Jack Bowers has twenty four hours to save the world, and he does it. I'm like, Oh yeah, I guess you don't want to watch this season. 
I couldn't watch 24. I had started it. I could barely make it through the first season. It just kept getting dumber and dumber and dumber. You saw Lost, right? Yeah, that got dumber and dumber. It got dumber and dumber. But you remember the uh, the code or whatever that they had to type in, and yeah. it would stop the world from blowing up? I had a friend who said every time they typed in the code on Lost, a bomb went off on 24. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was awesome. so great because it was, it was so stupid. But anyway, um, now that we just offended everybody, was like, no, you can't say that about 24. We, uh, we got a nice little sound clip here. I'm going to play. This is from uh, a guest who we're actually interviewing a little bit later on this, uh, episode, second half of the episode. So, uh, here you go. Before we play that, did I totally like ruin your, uh, biggest catch story? What was I going to say about the biggest catch? Oh, yeah. I know what I was going to say. So we're watching this last week. And, I mean, you know, these reality TV shows, they're brilliant at this. Because what they do is now they have, like, uh, deadliest catch the bait. And what they do is they take all the captains and they sit them in a room. And they basically talk about what you're going to see in the next hour. So now they've squeezed this into a two-hour show. And, of course, that's more commercials they get to play. So one of the guys comes on the show. And he's got his hat on sideways. And all of a sudden, one of the captains goes, uh, you better change your hat because this one over here is going to get mad at you. And that captain's like, I can't stand it. Why is your hat sideways? You look like an idiot. Put it on straight. It was so great. Well, dude, I, I think every time we run a conference and we've got our booth out there, we should wear Fez caps that say CPM on them and then have the Ninja Midgets running around it i don't know man they might think we're part of a cult that's kind of the point isn't it it's a showstopper man (laughs) oh did you ever tell this you did tell the story about the remote control dolphin you were selling through the the room at the last uh conference yeah you know i still have another one right yeah it got stuck on the ceiling though it did it did now i gotta get a um (laughs) because your daughter no just let it go (laughs) just let it go this guy like totally fishes it down from the. It was ceiling. Tyrone. It was White Tyrone. It was White Tyrone, and it, which is our salesman for the magazine. But White Tyrone gets it down because he's white. He's, uh, he, it's, he introduced uh, himself as it's, the only White Tyrone you'll ever meet. It's and, sales uh, consultant. Yes, and uh, and and so White Tyrone gets it down off the ceiling, and uh, oh man, it was so funny because he hands it to my daughter who was five. And it's a freaking balloon. <laughs> she lets it go. <laughs> After all that work. Oh, man. It took Dude, like 40 here's the best. I didn't tell you Anyways. this. Yesterday, I'm on the phone with White Tyrone. And um, I'm I'm in the front room. I got my headset on. Jamie's in the kitchen. And all of a sudden, I kid you not, there is the world's biggest flying bug I've ever seen in my life. I mean, this thing's bigger than a 50 cent piece. It's huge. And so I'm talking on the phone with Tyrone. I'm like, Oh my gosh, what is this? <laughs> I go, I go, <laughs> if you hear some profanity, it's cause I'm running for my life right now. I mean, it was what color was it? Black and green. Oh yeah. I know the kind. It's a beetle. You know, there's more species of beetle than any other animal on the planet. God really liked beetles. <laughs> They must have a, a really important job. I don't know what the job is, but I don't know. I'm it, sure it may have been just a little nod to you know possibly one of the greatest rock bands ever. God might have been oh, like, whatever. I'm just gonna let you know. I like the Beatles. Whatever. Anyway, here's my sound bite. I got to play my sound bite because I'm happy about my sound my sound bite. Hey, this is 
Brandon from Awana, and you are listening to the Church Planner Podcast. And despite what you think, these guys are incredible. So you better listen up. Despite what you think, these guys are incredible. Hey, it's better than I agree with Pete. I have to agree with Pete. <laughs> <laughs> always one finger on that button. Pete's always got one finger on that button. Have you noticed how Jonathan will not call back in now? And I, I think I even gave him the wrong name, wrong last name in last week's podcast. I think I called him like Jonathan Firstinger, <laughs> which is the last name of a client of mine from the financial business. I don't know where that one came from, but well, cool. Let's get into it. Let's play this amazing soundbite you're about to play. Well, that was my amazing soundbite, but thanks anyway. Yeah, but don't you? Don't you have something else? Well, I do I actually. I, I have a little. Uh, uh, we have an official sponsor here at the Church Planner Podcast, woo! and so uh, yeah, I know. Woohoo! So uh, we give them a little uh, little commercial when they when they uh, support us. So uh, we encourage you to support them. Help us help you. Hey, there's a soundbite I need. Help oh, me help you. Yeah, you know gravy for the brain. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, here's here's our official sponsor. Kids represent the future of any successful church plant, but how many churches actually have a long-term discipleship and evangelism strategy for kids? Awana is here to help. For more than 60 years, Awana has been leading and equipping churches and individuals with proven resources and relevant training content. Through coaching, self-assessment tools, events, and leader development training, Awana helps church planters become more effective. Join Awana's 30,000 churches and 330,000 leaders who reach kids, equip leaders, and change the world through the unchanging truth of God's Word. Visit awana.org. Didn't I sound so professional on that? I, dude, you sound. You should work for Awana, man. <laughs> like, you're like the man with the golden pipes. That you was know, amazing. You know what I should do? I, should, I haven't heard that. I should get myself a podcast. That's what I should do. <laughs> I should get a podcast where I can talk about anything I want to talk about. Dude, I'm like Obi-Wan Kenobi holding you back, Anakin. Come on. Ooh, that was just blown out. I'm cutting that one off. That was. That was. Dude, you should be on the Jedi Council by now. I should. I really should. So, hey, should we go ahead and roll our interview with them first and then, like, kind of say, like, brilliant things afterwards? Or do you want to kind of talk the topic out first? I think we should talk the topic out first. And okay. uh, and we'll close with our interview. We pre-recorded the interview, so we'll uh, we'll deliver that in the second half. And um, but what what we were going to talk about today is um, talking about kids, youth, Sunday school, doing a youth program, um, and being a church planner. Which uh, you know, because I think one of the questions you got to ask yourself is when do we need to take putting on a Sunday school seriously. So, I mean, we've talked about the pedophile issue in the past, which is a, a huge issue, obviously, in church uh, in general and protecting your kids. Um, so we don't need to hit on any of that stuff. I mean, if that's that's something that you need for your church plan. Do you remember what episode that was, Peyton, where we talked about that? No, I don't. No. I don't know, but I'd go back and, and listen to that one, um, the background checks you need to do, which – my recommendation is every six months do a background check. That'll keep you out of hot water. If you yeah. do it Peyton's way, which is, oh, we did it when they signed up for us five years ago, you'll still get sued. Maybe no, go to jail. We do, it, we do it every year. Yeah. Well, but you said back then, you were like, oh, we just do it once. And then I said, do it more often. And you said, my, yes, every okay, year. But, yeah, but my wife listened, and she busted me afterwards because she was in charge of Sunday school. She's like, no, we do it every oh, year. Oh, really? 
Yeah. See, that's so, why you uh, don't handle the kids' side. <laughs> you got someone much smarter than you. Your wife. I told you, I, before we did this, I said, you know, I am so unqualified to give this talk right now. <laughs> yes, you did. Before <laughs> before this podcast. You're like, I don't even like did kids. Oh, did that come out on the podcast? Dang it. <laughs> so uh, having set myself up like that, um, the reality is the reason I say that is I'm not the guy who actually does Sunday school. I mean, I like my two kids, but I'm not crazy about it. <laughs> so that's my problem with Sunday school. But but the reality is I'm just, let's put it this way, I don't think I am awesome with kids. And so I take myself out of the mix. I just, I don't think it's my gifting. I'll be the guy that fills in if they need somebody. I don't mind doing that, you know, but it'd be kind of like, I'm afraid for what I'm going to hand back to the parents when I'm done. You know what I mean? Either the kids would be too hyper or, you know, the kids would be crying. You know, my Sunday school is not going to probably be somebody's good idea Sunday school. But going back to this whole topic, when should you start uh, your Sunday school? I, I think it needs to be hardwired in from day one. Um, it, there's a couple reasons for this. Number one, it's an expectation of church. Um, many people expect that a church will have childcare. Um, there are just many things that you cannot do, uh, when you're trying to juggle a baby, like listen to a sermon, like worship. But to be honest, my, the weird, the reason this is kind of weird is that's other people's expectations. Okay. I don't mind having my kids in church. Um, in fact, I'm a baby-friendly church. Babies, as long as they're not screaming at the top of their lungs, kids and babies can make noise in church, and it doesn't bother me. It might bother, bother other people, but I'm, we always tell people when they're new, hey, feel free to keep your kids in. I mean, if they get really out of hand, take them outside. But And I frequently will make fun of uh, parents whose baby's crying. You do, is, from the pulpit. A, to alienate them and shame them. No, I'm teasing. No, but I, I actually, it's the opposite. Andrea always says, don't do that. That makes them really, I, and I say, you know. I, it does I make always, them uncomfortable. Just and I know that, but my twisted sense of humor won't let me stop. So I'll say stuff like, uh, excuse me, ma'am. Um, particularly if it's my wife and my baby, I'll say, excuse me, ma'am. Could you please keep that baby quiet? And then everyone laughs and it's cool. My yeah. And then they crazy. walk out. So it, it really is like you're yeah. telling them to be quiet because. Yeah, yeah, no. But but the reality is, is I will often say, um, hey, you know what? We're a baby friendly church. Don't worry about it because I can see I can see what they're doing. And so I can see them looking around. I can see them nervous. And I try to usually try to just say to them, hey, it's OK. You know, we're baby friendly. We don't mind, you know, and uh but usually I think that little bit of attention does kind of freak people out. So uh, I, I'm actually kind of rethinking ever doing that at all. But just letting people know, we always let people know you can have your kids in the service. No problem. You know, another um, thing that I think is really interesting, or at least uh, an idea to bring up, what we did when we were meeting in the park, like not in not in the community center, but actually in the park. Um, you know, because there is this expectation that kids will be able to go hang out with the kids because when they're really young, I mean, it's not like they can pay attention. I mean, when they're really young, they're, you know, where's the Kindle? I want to watch a movie, that kind of thing. So you want to tell them what yeah. we did there? Because I thought that was kind of ingenious no, no, you myself. Don't. You don't. 
You get to talk today. I get to talk today. You're going to let me talk? Well, that's awfully nice of you. A little bit. Don't get carried away. I was talking to Jimbo, and I was re-listening <laughs> to the uh, the interview we did with uh, Calvary Chapel University. And, like, you're on this full-on interview with them. And then all of a sudden they go, yeah, we just started a, uh, a women's study program. And I go, oh, that's pretty much just baking and <laughs> and teaching them home ec <laughs> courses, right? <laughs> and Jimbo's like... Because you're not talking through any of it. And then all of a sudden you pipe in with that comment. <laughs> I'm like, hey, you know, what can I say? Hey, Jimbo's back, baby. Jimbo's back. He called me up this week and said, okay, enough already. Enough already. <laughs> Stop making fun of me. I'm, I'm coming back to <laughs> Refuge Long Beach. I want to be re-enlisted. No, he's not. Are you serious? I swear to you. Dude, I am so leaving that church. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, tell them what we did at Refuge Long Beach. Well, what we did at Refuge Long Beach is we're physically meeting in the park at this time. So there are no rooms, right? I mean, like, we got a, a, a lectern up in front. Some of you know it as a pulpit, but it's technically not a pulpit unless it's on a stage. Then it's just a lectern. But anyway, so we got, you know, the guy up there and, uh, like, one speaker behind him. And then um, what you guys did that I thought was really cool is you put an easy up maybe 20 feet behind him. Like, it's it's far enough away that you can't hear the kids because it's outdoors. And, uh, and then you put up that um, bright orange. What is that stuff called? It's like the stuff that you see it like uh, on construction sites. It's like an orange mesh it's yeah. made out of plastic. Yeah. And you just wrap that around it so it acted like a corral. But, yeah. you know, all the parents can physically like see it. It's a petting zoo with kids in it. <laughs> a petting zoo with kids. Dude, we, neither one of us should be doing this one on kids because neither I one know. of us are, like, kid people. I am, like, by far a not kid person. Like, but but saying that, most of our church planners probably aren't, too. I mean, we, we were saying earlier that, you know, we know what we feel about our kids. And, and so the point is, kids need to be hardwired in. Um, my senior pastor asked me how many people back when I was in Wales, he's like, how many people are in your church? And I said, well, adults. And he goes, whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean adults? He goes, don't you count the kids? And I go, well, not necessarily. He goes, you got to count the kids. He goes, how many people are in your family? And I went, ding. Okay. I get it, man. How many people Mm -hmm. in my family? Well, adults, you know, two of us. And, uh, no, you save four people in my family. He said, if you're a church family, you got to count the kids. And so not only are kids super important to God, right? You all know this. I mean, Jesus's, you know, statement about let the little children come to me, do not hinder them, needs to be one of the mantras in church that we're not just here for the adults and the children, our child care. I'm, I'm going to get to that because we think of it as child care. And I kind of let off talking about it slightly like that. Because what I was addressing was people's expectations. That's what they're coming. And so you've got to leverage people's expectations and and utilize those to accomplish what God wants to hey, accomplish. Hey, ask me how many kids, uh, ask me how many people I got in my family. How many people you got in your family? Three and a third. Mamma mia, that's a spicy meatball. <laughs> Three and a third. I thought you were going to count your dogs. No, I said people. I know. I, what about? Yeah. I, I've been unclean. Lucy's a person. Too. I've been unclean. My wife is uh, is three months pregnant. That's crazy. Right on. I don't right know what's on. going on with that. Like his... <laughs> well, here, here's the thing. I didn't know there so, were consequences for being unclean. Where'd that come from? 
God hardwired it in so you wouldn't get carried away, my friend. <laughs> but but here's the thing, right? So you've got to leverage. People are expecting, quote unquote, child care, but you are utilizing this as a church planner. You can't let people's expectations determine what you do. But you should, I believe, have child care there, but not enforce it. That's why I was talking about the open door for babies being in the room. Number one, they don't know you. You could be some weird, freakish cult church, and they're just checking you out. So when they walk into a church, it's like, hey, give us your baby. You know, we don't allow kids in here. You know, they're like, really? Like, I've just gotten to know, like, where the church is. I don't even know you. Some of you are weirding me out already, and you want my kids? Uh, I don't think so. So you need to be able to say, um, look, we have uh, Sunday school available. Um, don't say child care. Say Sunday school. Um, you know, people know what that is, but child care is or not children's quite church. Can you call it children's church? You can call it children's church. Yeah, you can call it whatever you want. I mean, you might have a name like we have one called uh, what do we call ours? Um, what is <laughs> Journey it? Journey Kids. Journey Kids. Yeah. And what's kind of cool, we have Jeff and Jen, and they're like the church, uh, children's church superstars. Right? We're so going to burn them out, by the way. Oh, absolutely. We have got to give them some, like, break, because well, they run that thing, and that's just got to, I mean, I would go, I would have already taken a shotgun to my head if I had to do oh, that. Well, they love it. Like, I talk to them regularly. They're the two people I don't want to burn out. I know. And that's what I'm saying. We got to figure out to give them still more of a break. I don't care how much they love it. What? What I am constantly telling them is train people, train people, train people. And so they've been doing that. And they are. If you notice, they're starting to take breaks. They're working their way out. Yeah. They have recently taken over within the past year. They came back off the mission field in Australia. I've known them forever. No, it was New Zealand, and, wasn't uh, it? Oh, sorry. Yeah, New Zealand. And so they came back off the mission field and they were like, Hey, you know, we're part of new breed. We want to, we want to, uh, do Sunday school. And they actually want to train people to do what they do. They, they do it. The reason Pete's talking about being burned out is they don't just go halfway. No, like their Sunday school in a church plant. It's like they're doing it for a mega church and they're that passionate. That's what you want to be able to harness if you can. The fact is, most of you aren't going to have people like that in your church plant. So um, what you can do is you can get in touch with us, and we'll put you in touch with Jeff and Jen, and they'll tell you what to do. Everything they do is reproducible. Uh, they make it easy. They've even got curriculum. They've written their own curriculum over the years. Um, they worked full-time at a mega church developing curriculum. So they've just brought everything with them. And what I was going to say is that um, – so when you have Sunday school, it needs to be from the beginning that you're thinking about this because A, you need to meet people's expectations. B, it's important to uh, uh, God that we teach kids, that we start young training them up. And kids get saved, man, just like adults do. And, and so you gotta, you got to know that if you have people in there that are looking at it as childcare. They're just going to babysit them for an hour. And they might throw a puppet show at them and a little bit of crafts. But when you have people that are like, no, I minister to kids. Like, I lead children to Christ. I pray for them. I, it's powerful. And that's what we have right now. So they are missionaries into the youth in our neighborhood. That's how they see it. And right now, our, our Sunday school fluctuates up and down on a regular basis. One Sunday, it'll be really huge because all the neighborhood kids come. 
another Sunday to be really small because, you know, it might just be the people from church. You know? <laughs> It'll be like my kid who's a, who takes a, <laughs> a dedicated person to watch him. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He's like a little peep. He is. He's a little bow peep. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so you, you need to have, um, people that are absolutely passionate about it. And so, um, that's, that's kind of the deal. You, you need to have it hardwired in from day one. The, the gospel project is a great curriculum if you want to look into curriculum. Um, but you ought to be doing something. One of the things that we have, we have a woman named, uh, Debbie who does something. It's called breakout and it meets, uh, in the week, uh, after school. And she meets a lot of kids from, it's just an after school program and she does that as well. So, um, people care about their kids. They want to know that you care about their kids, if that makes sense. And they say that that's yeah. one of the key things to a successful church plant, that if you don't have child care, people will not come back. Just well, won't. I mean, think about it from the neighborhood perspective. They're going to this church. Like in our case, we're, we're at a school, right? So it makes sense that we would cater to kids. If for no other reason, who we would really likely attract would be parents of kids who go to the school. Yeah. So why wouldn't we have something for the kids? Yeah, absolutely. Think, think of all the money that people spend on their kids, right? Um, they're sending them to karate lessons. They're paying for, for all this crud for them all the time. Um, extracurricular swim lessons, you know, all the stuff that people do, they might send them to private school and then they get to church and nothing's more important to people than their kids. And they get to church, and your church is giving them the message that we don't give a squat about your kids. Your kids are an afterthought to us. So even though you as the church planner may not be thinking about their you know, their kids, they are thinking about their kids. And so you need to start thinking about their kids. Like I said, um, good preaching and a youth program or Sunday school, um, these two things, if they're not there, your church plant does not have a hope of surviving. Um, and so it, it is an important topic. And so, um, when we talk, uh, with the Iwana guys, what they're trying to do is give you tools because they realize that as a church planner, you may not have loads. You're not giving your whole life to this, you know? And so they come in partnership with churches and excuse me, they, they've got programs. That was a burp. I did not believe. Did you, did you catch that? Oh, I caught it. Yeah. I'm real close to you right now, Pete. <laughs> I burped right in your face. Um, Don't make me destroy you. <laughs> Ooh, but, uh, with the train right behind it. I like it. Oh, that was a little added emphasis there. I'll, I'll take that cue from God. Here's the deal. Um, it, one, one of the things I was going to say is that they will be a tool and a resource to you. And we're not just saying that because... Uh, you know, they, they are our sponsor, but here's the reality. Like my wife joined Awana. I didn't. Pete was in Awana, right? You were in it. Oh yeah. Dude, years and Baptist. years. This is back before it was politically incorrect to like call yourself a pioneer. Now we would probably say that's politically incorrect. That's why I, I almost wanted to ask him on our interview. Do you still have the pals and the pioneers and the chums? And it was like all Indian cowboy and Indian theme. Oh, oh dude. But it was so funny when you're talking to him and you're like, 
oh yeah, the Sparkies. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, dude, he was in this. Oh, well, know? that's what you had for the little kids was Sparkies. This is, I mean, I don't even know if they still have those today, like those different. They do. Names. I went online and checked it out. They do. Do they really? Right. Nice. I yeah, like they it. Do. And, and so here's the thing is that, uh, my wife, who's pretty cool, like she's, she's got, you know, a, a major like cheese meter, you know, a cheeseometer. She'll, she'll tell you like, oh, there's a corn factor in that. No way, you know. And, uh, and she, when I told her that we were interviewing with the Iwana guy, she goes, I loved Iwana as a kid. And I think that is really for the kids. They dig it, man. These guys have been doing it. They do it well, but, um, I'm not here to give a commercial for them. What, what I want to do. <laughs> no, that was my job earlier. <laughs> exactly. We already did that. But, but what I, what I want to say, guys, one of the things that gets overlooked if you do do Sunday school and then I'll hand over to our interview. Um, one of the things that really gets overlooked is, um, the, uh, the, the reception of your kids. That, that is your best foot forward. Let, let's go, let's back up to when you're going to have a parent come and they're like, do I deposit my kid with these freakazoids? You know, do, do I trust these guys enough? Strangely, having them, if you're renting a school or a public facility, or even another church, just having like a hallway with rooms in it and you just go, oh, yeah, they're down in room 10, you know, and they just got to ask somebody. You can't do it like that, right? You have to have a table and an easy up and a banner across the front of the table. And I know like I'm not a guy to normally tell you like you have to do this, but that is a must. Like you have to have a visible point of entry, um, kind of like a rally point. You know, like when you're on the football field and the quarterback put, you know, he's like, Hold up, you know, and he does his little triangle arm thing, you know, and makes a little, uh, you know, and everybody rallies to him. We call that a rally point. You need a rally point and you need to have a sign up. You need to have people there with badges on. Like when it comes on the sign up, you also want to ask what their cell phone number is, right? So you can absolutely text them, and call we, them, whatever, when you got issues with their kid. Yeah, don't worry about pager systems. That's a thing of the past, right? Um, the little screen that flashes a number. That was in the 90s, baby. We got cell phones now, right? We don't need that stuff. You get their cell phone number. You have them site. So you have to have sign-up forms. Um, you know, there's all these things. Shoot, Pete, we ought to put together like a, a kit, man, that – you know, guys can download that, you know, just with stuff ready made on it because it's stuff you're not thinking about, but somebody has to think about it. Or they could and check out I the Awana website. I bet you they got stuff. They probably do. Yeah. Cause you know, you want to do this right. And I suggest everything that's kind of like anathema to a church planner, like we're not going to wear special shirts with our logo on it. Cause that's lame. We're not going to wear name tags cause we want to be informal. But the reality is on everything that is instinctive to church planning, the casual vibe, you know, making people, you do the opposite with kids. You're formal with the kids. You, um, you know, you're official. You've got, you, you want to let them know we have thought this through. There is a system. Your kids are safe. Um, think of how people raise the roof when the slightest thing goes wrong at a school, right? That's how people are because it's their most valuable possession, their child. So um, I hope that helps. I, I'm, it's just a little bit of wisdom. But whatever you you do in your church, you might be really laissez-faire, 
Do not be that way with kids. If I can just beat one thing into your head, I mean, we've got another podcast, talks about criminal background, talks about other stuff about Sunday school, but just understand you've got to approach this differently. Yeah. All right. So let's, uh, let's go ahead and play our interview here uh, with Awana. On the line with us right now, we have got uh, a couple of guys. They are um, sponsors of the Church Planner Podcast. And uh, and I'm actually really excited about this, Peyton, because uh, these guys represent an organization that had a, um, a a major impact on me when I was growing up and, uh, and, and all the years that I spent uh, with their program. And we've got Matt Markins and Brandon Marshall from Awana. So uh, welcome to the uh, podcast, guys. Hey, good to be hey, here. Hey, thanks for having us. Now, why don't um, I, I know not all of our listeners uh, are going to know all about Awana. So why don't you guys go ahead and give us a background? Um, I'll share a little bit of, of my experiences with Awana. Um, my uh, my father, just so you guys know, my father was a pastor of a Baptist church growing up, and uh, that's really where we saw Awana. I don't know if that was like you know you guys just did a lot with the Baptist churches and, and that type of thing. But uh, I still remember uh, going to the, uh, what they called the Awana Olympics. And it was like, Oh yeah. I, I, all I remember is it was like this big deal. All these churches got together. We had to go to this other city. And it was like, I, I don't know. It was just this huge event. And I mean, I never went, very far. <laughs> I was not that good athletically, <laughs> but I just remember it being so much fun. So why don't you tell everyone, um, you know, about Awana, the history of Awana and, and what you guys do. So that way everyone has a, a basis uh, and then we'll go from there. You got it. Well, Awana is a global children and youth ministry and our, our passion and our mission is to equip leaders. And so we, we are equipping leaders in currently 104 countries, uh, where inter- both here in the United States and internationally, we continue to grow and to reach uh, new churches and to equip church leaders. And so what, what we say is, as we look back and as we also look forward, what we see is God is changing the world through the ministry of, of Awana by equipping leaders to reach kids with the gospel so that they can know, love, and serve Jesus Christ. And so it's, it's been an, an, it's an exciting opportunity for Awana as we continue to, uh, to work with both church leaders and families and parents and donors who want to reach kids with the gospel, um, and uh, whether it be through local churches or whether it be through the donor side of our ministry, which uh, continues to grow rapidly. So it's, it's really just an exciting time uh, to watch uh, what's happening uh, through the church. A lot, a lot of people are very familiar with Awana as it relates to the local church experience that, that a lot of kids had growing up through Awana, whether it be through Sparks or Cubbies or TNT, and, and the names have changed down through the years. Uh, but a lot of churches uh, and people who have gone on into ministry are unaware of what, what God is doing internationally, so it's exciting to see uh, more kids being reached around the world through the ministry of Awana. Tell us a little bit more about that, because I, I remember when I went through Awana, we had uh, Sparky's was like the youngest, and then I think there was like Pals and then Pioneers and then I don't even know what came after that. I think I made it through Pals and I probably got I probably got bumped after that, you know, banned from, from church, being the pastor's kid and all. So, uh, 
you know, why don't you tell yeah. everyone a little bit about how you guys actually equip leaders to, you know, reach the youth in their communities? Because that's what uh, most of our sure. church planners really want to know and, and really want to know how they can reach their communities, you know, using some of the resources that you guys have. Sure, absolutely. Well, this is, this is Brandon here. And, um, I mean, I remember, for me, I was a church planter for six years out in Colorado. And um, we we started this thing like kind of a grassroots deal, and that was kind of our model. We we had kind of a core group that we started with, so that's always helpful. But um, one of our major concerns early on was, okay, how do we reach the families in our community? And when we think about families, for us, it meant like all the way down from infants all the way up through high school. So like our concern was, like a lot of church planners, well, we don't have buildings. You know, we rented our facility. Mm-hmm. Um, we we don't have a whole lot of money, you know, because that's that perennial church planning problem. If you ever run into a church planner who has too many resources, like I'd love to talk to that guy, you know. But <laughs> like for us, we we were going. How do we even crack this nut? You know, our annual budget for our children's ministry, um, all the way through our youth ministry annually, was seven hundred dollars. So we kind of went, all right, where do, we, where do we even start? So. Yeah. For us, what that looked like was doing a lot of family ministry, um, which you know obviously has been a big trend in the U.S. Uh, recently, and it's really, really cool to see that as a, as a refreshing thing. Um, for us at, at Awana, what that looks like is there's really kind of three audiences that we are really hoping to connect with, and really three audiences that, at the end of the day, we just want to serve. Um, and here, here they are. One of them is pastors. Um, pastors of large churches, mid-sized churches, small churches, rural, urban, whatever. It, it really doesn't matter. Um, we realize that these guys and girls are really the front lines of what God's doing in a local church. So we want to support them and encourage them and say, hey, you can do it. Here's resources. Here's things for you. Um, that's that first audience. The second one is children's ministry leaders. You know, we when we say we're a children's ministry, what we mean is 2 to 18. So preschool all the way through high school. Wow. Um, that's another thing that most people don't know about Awana, besides the, the global thing that Matt just spoke to. Um, most people don't know that we go all the way down to age two and that we actually have a youth ministry program um, because they realize that, you know, there's there's that gap. There's there's between gaps where people fall off. There's the youth ministry gap where kids fall off. And when we say resources, we're looking that whole that whole lens. So we're looking for children's and youth ministry leaders. That's our second, really our second group that we want to serve. And then, and then the last group, certainly not last in order of priority, um, but just really kind of the third leg of this three-legged stool, um, is parents. And we look at parents right now. I'm, I'm a parent. I have three kids. Uh, Joseph is eight, Karsten is six, and Hannah is four. And as a parent, I'm so busy, and I've got so much stuff that is thrown at us as a family that we're trying to get right. And hopefully, you know, in the center of all of that, we're saying, you know, I want to disciple my kids. Like that's, I want to get into soccer practice or to school and all the other stuff, but really at the, at the kernel, I want to be a disciple maker of my three kids. So the really awesome thing for me to look at inside of a Wanda right now, is we're saying if we can serve those three audiences well, and those three people, well, I feel like, man, if, then, then we're doing a good job. You know, then I feel like that's our role to play in the kingdom. Let me ask uh, Matt and Brandon, so if a church planner is listening to this right now and he says, okay, what can Awana do for my church plant? What would it look like? What If he comes to Awana, what's he going to get? What is he going to be able to do 
and I mean very brass tacks. What's what's it gonna look like in in a in a calendar slot in the week? What's he gonna be doing? Great. This is Matt. So uh, one of the the beauties of Awana is that because we're a global children's ministry, we are used to working with churches and groups and leaders in all different types of contexts. So you got to remember Awana is about the highest the highest goal and mission of Awana is the gospel. Therefore, we are about long-term discipleship. So when we look when we go into different contexts, you know, being in 104 countries around the world, um, we're here to serve the local church. So we start with what is it that you need to make disciples? What is it that you're that you need to uh, engage kids, uh, engage kids relationally, uh, to come alongside them and where they're at in any environment. So to a large degree, what we do is very scalable. Um, so from a more conceptual uh, standpoint, we, we really come alongside the local church in, or, or, the, or any type of group and community outreach center to see what their needs are. We offer a wide variety of programming from what you guys know of as a full, full-blown club where we can have different age groups, again, an integrated 2 to 18 strategy. We also have uh, what you could probably call some more scaled-back resources, and Brandon actually has involved in, been involved historically in the last couple of years in helping to build some of those out. Um, uh, so maybe Brandon can speak a, a little more to that. But uh, sure, I think a lot of people look at Awana, a lot of people look at Awana as a massive program, which it certainly can be. But the heartbeat of Awana is to have a trained leader who's, getting, who's looking a child or a student in the eye and getting mentorship and discipleship time with them uh, to be able to come alongside them and help them grow as, as a follower of Christ. Awesome. Sure. Let me, let me add a little bit under there, too, just to fly over at a kind of a more detailed level and speak to some of those, some of those things that Matt was uh, kind of referring to. So when most people think of Awana, they have that image of an Awana club, you know, usually meeting in like a gym or, you know, or a, or a, a you know, sanctuary with all the chairs or pews moved out and the kids are running around and like, that's who we are. And that's, that's really historically, that's been the major image that most people gravitate toward. And we love that uh, because a lot of what's underneath that is, you know, scripture memory, discipleship, things that really are core to who we are. But um, what we've done recently is this has been really the thing that I just, I stand back and I really do praise God for is as an organization, we've taken the posture to say, okay, let's start with the church and yep. let's ask pastors what they want. You know? So um, I was a part of a team about a year and a half ago where we interviewed about a hundred or so pastors um, in different contexts, you know, all around the country and say, okay, what is, what makes a successful children's ministry? Just let's start there. And we heard, you know, everything from, you know, I need tools to develop my leaders. I need ways to teach our kids the Bible. Um, I need something that's affordable. Um, I need something that's not going to be this huge on-ramp or learning curve for our people because they're already taxed enough. So what we did with that information was, first off, we took a step back and went, okay, we really feel like we've hit a nerve with, um, with this group of leaders, and we feel a responsibility to steward that well. So... Just to give you a couple of examples, and I'll, I'll, I'm playing a couple of these sort of close to the chest for now, um, but I think this is the kind of stuff that um, church planners specifically are, are going to love. Uh, one of them is, is, a, is a ministry assessment tool to take a look at your leaders right now, and before we even launch into a program, before any church spends you know, X number of dollars on a program, take a look at, at the leaders that you have, um, take yep. a look at... Um, what's already in place, and evaluate where you are and what your needs are. So we have tools and resources that speak to that. 
Um, we've pumped a lot of energy into more accessible platforms, things like curriculum that is is a little bit scaled down intentionally, because we realize that not a whole lot of other not a whole lot of churches want the big thing. Um, we could, we we put a lot of energy toward accessible things like blog. We're putting a lot more of our resources in there because it's free, and we just want to be able to be open-handed and give this stuff away. Um, everything from like new pricing structures and all of that that's coming down. That um, you know, at this point, I'm going to play kind of close to the chest. But um, just like Matt said, we just launched our website, so I want to encourage people to go check that out because that's I think you're going to love what you see there. Uh, it's what, really a new day. What's the address of that? What's the address? Sure, absolutely. Just www.awana, that's A-W-A-N-A, dot O-R-G. And um, I, I'm going to reveal my bias here. It's a website that I could spend some time on. You know, it's not the website you go just to look and check something out. Like, you're going to want to spend some time there, from, from blog articles to just kind of perusing through the store and seeing what's there. We've really built it, um, hopefully with a new customer and a new audience in mind. So it's really exciting times for us here. You know, it, it's long been an opinion of mine that, um, I mean, I started ministry as a as a youth pastor, right? And of course, I I got saved um, in my teens. So for me, uh, I got discipled because I was in a very small youth group. And uh, I've kind of, as I've gone on, I've I've kind of made the connection that um, most youth groups are functioning optimally how the church ought to function because there is that interaction. There is um, very much the pastors involved, the youth pastors involved with your life. Um, if you have a problem, you talk to them. Discipleship is a priority. Outreach is encouraged. Whereas when, you know, they get older and they graduate and they head to the, you know, to the, the, the big boy and big girl church, they, um, mm-hmm. they don't get any of that. And so, you know, years ago I thought, man, if I write a book, it'll be called, Everything I need to know about doing ministry, I learned as a youth pastor. And, wow. uh, you know, the the reality is your youth group is actually a little bit closer to probably the first century model of church. And, and what I find happening right now in the church scene is that there's a move back. You know, the, the missional movement really is a move back towards first century style church where you were uh, you're, you're doing life together. Um, there's interaction, all those things that youth ministry already has hardwired into it. So when I hear of Awana and the stuff that you guys do, I'm thinking that's just like the missional movement's always been around. It's just pretty much been in youth groups. Sure. Yeah. Oh, I I couldn't agree more. My um, one of my dominant roles as a as a part of our church planning team was as a youth pastor, you know, and. I, oh, I couldn't, I couldn't even bold, italicize, underline that strong enough. You know, the thing that, one of the things that I learned just to kind of share that is, like, I think churches um, and movements in, you know, in maybe previous decades were honored for, um, you know, either their size or their, like, the imprint that they were necessarily making. So we look at something and we go, oh, man, that must be doing great because it's huge. And, you know, that still is true to a point, maybe, but um, I think what's going to, uh, what, what's going to be successful in coming generations and the ministries that are going to make a difference are the ministries that have a listening posture and ministries that are able to be agile and to be mm-hmm. responsive to the needs of, of the leaders and the people that are in there. You know, I mean, it'd be one thing if we have a great program, but it'd be another thing if we had a great program that absolutely met the needs of every church and every leader that we hope to serve. So, I mean, I could say that's our goal. 
um, is to listen and then to build um, what we really feel like the church needs. You know, and I'd like to respond from the from the perspective of, of a parent, an Awana parent, before I served with the ministry of Awana. My wife and I, our, our two sons were in, in the Awana programming and were growing and we were seeing all sorts of fruit. And so we started volunteering in the ministry and we were, uh, my wife and I were working with the boys and girls in, a, I think it was a third or fourth grade class, uh, a small group. And we, we began to notice one thing that makes Awana distinctive is that you get, you get eye contact with an individual child. So I would have a group of kids and my wife would have a group of kids and we'd be in to get, we'd be together in a room. And so the children are, are bringing to you their handbook their which is their guide for the week that takes them through a couple of Bible passage and asks them a question, which basically is helping them to build a biblical worldview. And there's an activity, but what, what they do is they come to you one-on-one and you have an opportunity to go over that with them. And I noticed this girl named Nikki who she, she would come as, um, a big brother, big sisters program. So she, so she would come and she would sit down with me every week and I would have the opportunity to look her in the eye and explain to her that, see, this is a passage from Psalm and this is a guy named David. And when he prayed this and you can pray this too, and I was breaking it down to her. And one day it hit me, I might be the only male in Nikki's life that looks her in the eye and spends time with her uh, and speaks truth to her and to share the gospel with her in a loving and kind way. And in that moment, you know, my wife and I began to really notice the thing. One of the things that's distinctive about Awana is this whole eye contact factor. And you're getting real relationship, real community and, and an opportunity where maybe in a Sunday school class or a small group class or, in, or certainly in children's church and large group, that you're, you're not getting that same type of life on life interaction and that's really one of the big things that drew us to the Awana ministry. Hmm. You know, I, I know that we're running out of time, but I want to leave our church planners with uh, <clears throat> some specific insight here as to what Awana can help them with. So one of the problems that church planners face is the whole training the leaders. Uh, I mean, we, we've got church planners in all stages right now, you know, guys that have uh, already planted um, maybe they're uh, six months in, a year in, two years in, whatever. And we've got guys who are in the planning stage, um, you know, pre-core team, some with core teams. How can Awana help them train their leaders? Because I know what's going through a church planner's mind right now. They're looking at this and they're going, man, there's some great stuff here. I want to be able to to help reach the community, reach the kids in our community, but my gosh, it's not like I need to add more stuff to my plate. How can I train the leadership team? How do you guys help them train their their leaders to to uh, you know basically take over that that area of ministry? Well, let me talk really quickly about an insight that we're learning, and I'm going to pass really quickly to Brandon on the on the practical side. So we just paid to have a massive research project done where, where uh, over uh, almost 900 children's ministry decision makers responded. So we got some really good data, and we asked them about uh, their priorities in, in their children's ministry and discipleship. And what we learned that the priorities were, as far as what they said as their highest aspirations, it was the gospel, Bible teaching, and discipleship. Then we asked them, what uh, what do you think you're doing best at? And <laughs> what they responded is that they said they, they fulfill the purpose the best on helping kids have fun. Hmm. So we, we're, we're learning that we're in a culture where as leaders, we're doing a great job within the church of helping kids have fun. 
but we think we may be failing in the areas that are most critical. So that's the lens. Being as, as an organization that's concerned about the gospel, equipping leaders to reach kids with the gospel, engaging them in discipleship, that's the lens that we're looking through. How can we equip leaders to do that well? And Brandon uh, is actually the author of a book entitled Move, has created a resource around how to help churches move their, their ministry along and make an assessment to know, to know where to go from here. And he can talk more specifically about what that is. Sure. So let me just share that. Um, I said a lot of these resources, we were playing close, close to the chest, but this one I want to be really open with. Um, this resource is called Move, and, and the, really, the idea behind that was we realized that when it comes to children's and youth ministry, a lot of times kidmen pastors, children's pastors, um, youth pastors, senior pastors, they, they love to talk, but a lot of times we talk past each other. And rather than with each other. Hmm. And we just found that was a common reoccurrence. And we said, okay, how could we train, um, not train these people to talk, but like train folks like ourselves who, who love kids and love the church and just want to connect the dots. How can we train um, or develop something that, 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 that fits that need? So um, I'm going to give you another website, but before I do, I want to um, kind of give you a quick overview of what this looks like. Um, we created a free ministry assessment um, specifically aimed for children's and youth uh, pastors. And what this assessment does is it's centered around nine conversations to have about your children's and youth ministry. We feel like one of the biggest values that a healthy church has is healthy conversations in the leadership. So um, this free assessment is available. There's a, there's a companion book with study guides and, and next steps and discussion points. Um, and there's also training available where we provide really a half-day seminar where we come out and, and we'll spend time with your leaders just to say, how are you guys doing? Are you on the same page together? Um, so again, like before, before you spend all the money on an Awana program or before you do something that um, is a great program in and of itself, what can we do to make sure that you're as healthy as possible? Um, so here's how, here's how these guys and girls can get this. Um, go to www.moveyourchurch.org and you can download the ministry assessment for free. Um, or if you'd like, while you're on the Awana website, um, that's awana.org, while you're there, you can link off and you'll see it right from there too. Um, we really believe that healthy churches are just as important as healthy kids' ministries. So if we can push that ball further down the field, we're really happy to do that. So we want to make that available absolutely for free uh, for your listeners because we really believe healthy churches are important. Hey, Brandon, what is the uh, name of your book? Sure. Uh, it's just called Move, uh, and then the subtitle is Nine Conversations to Build Your Kids' Ministry. And mm. Peyton? Cha-ching! Come on. Ching. Sorry. <laughs> we have a rule. We have a rule just, on the show. Anytime you mention your own book, you got to go cha-ching afterwards. So. I'll happily join in on that. I'll be one of those. There, Ching, baby, so, I love it. <laughs> yeah, we, that's why I was trying to bait you into saying the name of your book, and I thought Peyton would just pick up and automatically add in your cha-ching, but, uh, but he did. No, you, well, why don't, we, why, don't, why don't we give a couple of free copies away to some of your listeners? Fantastic. How, right, can they get that? How can they get that? Uh, you guys tell us what we need to do to make that happen, and we'll, we'll get them out. So, All right, all right. Well, um, here's what we'll do. We've got a message line. Um, guys, call up 562-553-0004, and uh, what do you say? The first three callers uh, get a copy of the book. Would that be good for you guys? Awesome. Hey, you know what? Let's make it five. Five? All right, there we go. Five copies. So, guys, give us a call on our message line, 562 553 Zero 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 four. First five people to give us a call in, leave us a message, leave us obviously your name, your phone, your church, 
And um, and we will then reach back out to you if you're one of the first five, and we will uh, get your information so we can get that book right over to you. But hey, it's free stuff, and whenever there's yeah. free stuff, you should take advantage of it because it's hey, well, you know, free. free is the church planner's favorite number. It is. And no, yeah, just when you were when you were saying your uh, book title, I was just like, wow. So this guy's a church planner, and he's written uh, a tool to help. Uh, people assess their their church's youth ministry. So I just, my gears are just turning, man. When you said that, I was just thinking, wow, you know that that's going to be really helpful. Um, your perspective as a church planner is huge for our church planners. Um, that's the biggest endorsement uh, you could possibly give for what you guys are doing for our listeners. So um, that is killer. And you know, I've looked at your site. Um, I love the fact that. It's got questions like, what is Awana? They can get an overview. It's pretty beefy, meaty. And uh, things like, will it work for me? Um, you talked about it being scalable. This is all really helpful to the church planner because our guys are starting out, uh, many of them quite small. And that means that uh, if they've got this concept of it being massive and you know we don't have the resources, the fact that they can go and, and you know use a tool that's going to assess their needs. Um, not many people cater to the church planner. And I love that you guys, you know, that was your thought. You contacted us and said, look, we want to get in front of church planners and help them. So we appreciate you coming on the show, guys. Thank you so much. Oh, man. We appreciate you guys. Thanks so much. And just a reminder, uh, if you want to reach out and uh, see what Awana is up to, you can go to awana.org. That's A-W-A-N-A dot O-R-G. And you can also visit moveyourchurch.org and uh, get some free resources there. And, of course, first five callers, leave us a voicemail on the message line, 562-553-0004, and we'll get you a copy of that book. Thanks, guys, for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Well, this has been the Church Planner Podcast, reminding you that if you want to reach the people nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. Jeez, I gotta take a leak so bad I can taste it. You gotta put that in there. I love that you one. A, you gotta do another quote. You gotta do a new one. What, what, which one do you want me to do? I don't know. Here we go. We Here we go. Ray, when someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that one, can I? That's too far, isn't it? Um. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. dot